What is the bracha that you make on fruits? So if the fruits are growing on a tree, the bracha that one says is The bracha is Besides the wine, shalayayin hu aimeh b'yri p'ryagafin. On wine, the bracha is b'yri p'ryagafin. The chiddush of this Mishnah, as we'll see in the Hemshech and the Gemara, is in contrast to oil, olive oil, where the bracha is b'yri p'ryagafin. The, the chiddush of the Mishnah here is not in contrast to other uh, drinks, which are shahakal, because the Mishnah begins with b'yri p'ryagafin, and then it says excluding wine, which you should have made a b'yri p'ryagafin, but you don't, and you make a b'yri p'ryagafin. So like I said, it's coming to exclude olive oil, where you do make a b'yri p'ryagafin. On the petis that are growing uh, on the ground, not on trees, on that you make a bayri priyadama. Chutzmana pas, besides bread, the bread is not grown on a tree, of course, and it's growing the grain of the, the, the bread comes from. You make the bracha, hamaitzi lechem and aretz. Balayarakais on the vegetables. You also make a bracha, Bayre Priyadama. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and says, You make a bracha thanking the Ebesha for the various types of herbs and vegetables that grow, as we'll see in the Gemara, the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda holds that you don't make a general bracha of Bayre Priyadama, but you make a very more specific bracha thanking the Ebesha for the specific things that are growing. So the Gemara, before it gets into the details of what we just learned in this Mishnah, the Gemara will begin questioning what's Pachlal, the source of the fact that we make a bracha before eating and after eating. We already learned before, and of course we know it says in the Pasik, that you have to bench after you eat. But is only after eating, first of all, and second of all, only which is when you eat bread, which satisfies you. But over here, the Gemara is going to question from where do we know that you make a bracha before eating, and from where do you know that you always make a bracha after eating? So what's Bachlal, the source of the whole Indian of brachas? By eating the Ton Rabbanon. So the Rabbanon said in Abrai says, follows. The Pasik says, by the mitzvah of Netta Revai, you bring the fruits on the fourth year to Yerushalayim, and it's holy. And the Pasik uses the term Hilulim, a double term of praising the Eivishter, when you eat those fruits. So the fact that it says Hilulim, that you praise Hashem when you eat, this teaches us What are you praising the Sure, You have to make a bracha before you eat and after you eat. From here, Rabbi Kiva says, we learn It's forbidden for a person to take any food into his mouth before he makes a bracha. Can we use this pasuk of Kaidish Yilulim to learn out this halacha of making brachas? Haimi Bayalei, don't we need this for something else? Chad, the Amarachmane, Achlei, Vahadar Achlei. One Hilulim, so we have over here a plural term, right? Two Hilulim. So the Gemara explains this pasuk is needed for something else. One we need it is Achlei, which means you um, redeem, you redeem the Nataravai. Uh, Right? What, what happens is, you don't have to take the actual fruits to Yerushalayim, you can exchange it for money, and then it becomes chulin, and then you can, ah, that's what achle means, it becomes chulin, v'hadar achle, and then you can go ahead and eat it. And the idach, and the other detail that you need this uh, word hilulim for, 
Dovar hatan shira tan chilo. Something that is tan shira that you sing with it, that the shira with it, that is something that chilo that you um, have to redeem, and the mitzvah of revai applies there. V'she'ain it tan shira, and if it's something that there is no shira, so then ain't tan chilo. There's no uh, mitzvah of netta revai for this, right? So this we're, we're going to see right now what this refers to. This refers dafka to a vineyard. <coughs> the Gemara is saying is there's an argument as we'll see here. Regarding the mitzvah of Revai, does this apply to all trees, to all fruits? Or does it apply only to a kerem, only to a vineyard, which does shira, when you uh, pour, the, pour it on the mizbeach, the wine that's poured on <coughs> the mizbeach, the levim sing. So we have two things that we have to learn out from Hilulim. First thing we learn out is that you have to redeem it, and only then could you, could you uh, eat it. And the second thing is that it only applies to a vineyard. And the Gemara here brings the source for this. Look at the Rabbi Shmuel, Bar Nachmeni, Yom Rabbi Yenison. Oh, Rabbi Shmuel, Bar Nachmeni, Yom Rabbi Yenison. How do you know that in the in the base of Mikdash, when the Levim sang, when did they sing? They sang only when the wine, the Nisachayayin, when they poured the wine on the Mizbeach. Shanamar, it's learned from a pasuk where it says, the, 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 the Gefen, the grapes say, should I withhold my wine? that brings joy to Hashem and to people. So the Gemara explains, if wine, of course, brings joy to people when you drink wine, how is wine a source of joy for Debishter? So Mikan, from here we learn out, that in the base of Mikdash, when the Levim are singing for the Debishter, it's only when you pour wine on the Mizbeach. Okay, so this is the source for the fact that wine is a time of Shira. So now the Gemara will bring the argument that I mentioned before, whether the mitzvah of Revai is only by a vineyard, or the mitzvah of Revai is by all trees. Let's see. So now, It will be well understood, according to the Mandama, that says that the mitzvah of Revai applies to all trees that grow. So if that applies to all trees, so then Hilulim, we have an extra limud of Hilulim to teach us that you have to make a bracha. Because we're not using it for the limud to teach that it only applies to a vineyard. Because he holds that the mitzvah applies to all trees. But according to the opinion that says that the mitzvah of revai is only for a vineyard, what are we going to say? The two, the plural word Hilulim is being used for two things. To say that you have to be paid there and then eat, and also to say that it only applies to a kerem. So we have no extra, nothing to learn out for the mitzvah of brachis. So the Gemara brings the actual machlaikis now. The itmar, abchi, shemen barabi. There was an argument between abchi and abshemen barabi. Chatoni kerem revai. One would say, any time in Mishnayis where it talks about the mitzvah of revai, you always have to say kerem revai. That's the gear so you have to say because the mitzvah of revai only applies to a vineyard. Chatoni net revai. Another opinion is that the mitzvah applies to all fruits. Okay, so therefore we have our question that um, according to the mandama that says netaravai, according to the mandama that says um, uh, no, what was the question over here? According to the mandama that says netaravai, it's well understood. But according to the Mandama, it says Kerem Revai, so we don't have any pos- any extra thing to learn out from the Pasik in Kerem of, of Hilulim. 
Sagt the weiter. Uleman, the Tani Kerem Revai. Let's examine this even further. According to the Mandoma that holds Kerem Revai, we may have a possible solution according to him. We may have still an extra limud in Hilulim. How? If he's going to learn out the fact that Revai is only limited to a Kerem, not from the Pasuk Hilulim, as we said before, but if he learns it out from Exeter Shaveh, so then it'll all be fine. Before we said he learns it out from the Pasuk Hilulim, which means Shira. But if we're going to have a different source, so we'll have open the word Hilulim to teach his Brachis. The Tanya, because we learned in Abraise that you could learn it out from Exeter Shaveh. Rabbi says, here the Pasuk uses the expression when it comes to the next year, the fifth year, when you can eat the Tvua. So it says, that Ebesha will increase your Tvua. So it uses the term Tvua, even though it's not talking specifically about grain, it's talking about all the trees that grow, but still it uses the term Tvua. When it comes to a Kerem, it also very unusually uses the term of Tvua regarding a vineyard. So just as over there, Tvua refers to Kerem, Afkan Kerem. Over here as well, the mitzvah of Revai is only regarding a Kerem, only regarding a vineyard. So if so, So we still have one extra Hillel to teach me that you make a Bracha when you eat. But the e But if the source of the fact that the mitzvah is only for a kerem is not learned from exayde so we're using hilulim for two things. So there's nothing extra. So from where are we going to learn out the Indian of brachis? Gemara goes even a step further. And even if he does learn it out from exayde shava, so we have at least one hilul that's extra to learn out brachis. We could learn out from there that you make a bracha after you eat. Besides the benching, which is learned out from Vachalta Vesavato Verachta, we could learn out that you always have to make a bracha after you eat. So Rashi says that because we see that the Torah wants you to make a bracha after you eat bread, Vesavato Verachta, so if we have one extra pasik to teach me that you make a bracha when you eat, it would make sense to say that it refers to you after you eat, not before you eat, because that's what we find in the pasik. But Lafan of Minayin. We still don't have a source for the fact that you have to make a bracha before you eat. So we're, we're, we're stuck here. We can't really use Hilulim as a source for the fact that you have to make a bracha before you eat and after you eat. The most we could have is for only for a bracha after you eat, but not before you eat. So the Gemara answers, Halekashia. This would not be a question. Once I find the source that you must make a bracha after you eat any food, not only v'achalta v'savata, but after you eat anything, it wouldn't be a question what would be the source to make a bracha before you eat. Why not? Because that could be learned out with a kavachaymer. What's a kavachaymer? If a person has to bench when he's satisfied, when he completed eating, when he's hungry and he has the ability to go ahead and eat, shouldn't he thank the Ebeshter for giving him the food then when he's hungry? So therefore for that, we don't need a bracha. That's a kavachaymer. Okay, but now the Gemara goes back. The Gemara is still not satisfied with this. Ashkechon Kerem. Still, according to the Manda that this Pasuk is speaking about a Kerem only, so we only find this, that the Pasuk is saying, Hilulim, in the case of a Kerem, in the case of a vineyard. But Shar Minin Minayin, from where else would I know that any time you eat any of the other Minim, any other fruits, how do you know that you have to make a Bracha when you eat? The Yalef, and for the Gemara, the Yalef Mikerem. I would learn out everything else from a vineyard. 
Ma kerem, dova shenene, v'tom bracha. Just like a vineyard is something that the person is deriving benefit, he's eating and having a benefit of it, and it, it requires a bracha. I could learn out from a vineyard and say anything else that there's a benefit also requires a bracha. This is what the Gemara always does, which is what's called a binyanav. We say this every morning at Rabbi Shmuel, that if we find the Torah establishes a rule or a din or a mitzvah, in one case we compare it to any other cases. So there's a comparison here. But the thing is, you could only learn out if it's compared. If there's any <coughs> svara to, to distinguish, you can't learn out. So the Gemara asks, I could ask a question on this comparison. It could be when the Torah requires a bracha by a vineyard is because a vineyard may be unique. Where do I find that a vineyard is unique? I see that Kerem has a unique mitzvah that other foods don't, which is the mitzvah of Eilulais. That's grapes that are growing, that are not yet ripe, or they're not growing in the usual way grape Grapes grow in a bunch, in a, in a, in a, um, in a cluster, right? It's just growing like in one line. And those grapes have to be left for the poor people to take. So there's a special mitzvah that a kerem has, and that may be the reason why the Ebesha says, Dafke by kerem, there's a bracha. So therefore we can't learn from grapes. We could learn out from Komo. By Kama, the Torah says, which, is, which refers to what? To the, the, the standing grain. And when you eat grain, you have to make a bracha. After, after you finish eating bread, you have to make a bracha. I can learn from bread that uh, all other foods, when you're finished eating, you have to make a bracha. Again, you can't compare the grain. By grain, by bread, there's a special mitzvah of challah. So I see again that it's special, it's different. So I can't learn from there. Okay, so you can't learn from grain, so we go back to, to, to prove it from a vineyard. And here the Gemara will bring the concept that's called a tzad which is when you can't learn from one because it is something that you can't compare to and you can't learn from the other because it's something you can't compare to there either. And you can learn from both together and you can find a common denominator. If they both have a common denominator that's compared to a third case that you're trying to learn out, you could learn from there. And now this goes back, and we say, Kerem and Kama, these two are not compared to each other. But there's a common denominator between them, which is what? They are both things that you derive benefit from. They require a bracha after you eat. I've called Dovashanana So too we learn from there anything that requires a bracha, you can eat as well. Right? So the point of a common denominator is instead of focusing on the particular mila that each one has, and then you can't learn out, we say that it makes sense to say that if I find that Titus says the same thing in two places, it's probably not based on the particular mila they have, because the other case doesn't have it, but it's based on a common mila, a common denominator that it's nene. And that's the source of the requirement of the bracha. And therefore, we can learn this out for any other case. Can we call this process? Sad hashava. Common denominator. Frek the Gemara, we could find something unique about the Tzad hashava that we can't learn out anything else from there. Ma'al the Tzad hashava and look at both the vineyard and bread. Shekein yashpoi Tzad Mizbeach. They both are, are brought to the Mizbeach. They both have a connection to being brought in the base of English to the Mizbeach. Okay, the, the wine, of course, is poured on the Mizbeach, and the bread is brought with a carbon teida, by a carbon on the Mizbeach, and the Shteelech, and so on. And, or for the carbon mincha, actually, Hashi says. So the Gemara says, So we could bring in olive oil. 
So we could, the only thing you could learn out from there would be oil. That's it. That would be the only other thing that also is compared to it. The Izbeit Sad Mizbeach. The olive oil, also as the oil, of course, is brought in the carbon mincha on the Mizbeach. The Zayis Mitzad Mizbeach Asi. So the Zayis could be learned out from there because it also has a Tzad Mizbeach. It's also brought in the Beis Mikdash. So the Gemara, the Gemara, sorry, one second. The Gemara is asking this as a question. The Zayis Mitzad Mizbeach Asi. Do you need to learn out a Zayis from Kerem? And comma, because it's compared to them, because it's also brought in the Mizbeach, by the Zayis, you could learn it out from a comparison in the Pasik that's much clearer. Kerem, because by Zayis it says the Pasik Kerem. And he destroyed from, from a Godish, from the storehouse, and the Pasik uses the term the, the Kerem Zayis. So we see that sometimes. Olives could be referred to as a kerem. So it's possible to say that it's Yechai for a bracha just because it's also called a kerem. You don't need to compare it to the other two, to the vineyard and to the bread. So Rav Papa. Rav Papa says, no, this wouldn't be a good source. Kerem zayis ikri. So it, it is, you see here in the Pasuk that it's referred to as a kerem zayis. But kerem stamala ikri. But a vineyard, just a kerem, a zayis is not called a vineyard. So therefore you can't learn out from there. But we go back to our question. If you want to learn out that you make a bracha after you eat, from the fact that you make a bracha after you eat bread, and that you make a bracha after you drink wine, both of them are connected to the Mizbeach. You can't learn out from there to any other foods that you eat. So therefore the Gemara says, The Yalaf law Mishiva Saminen. Perhaps we could learn out from the Shiva Saminim. From there we could learn out that you have to make a bracha, right? Because by the Shiva Saminim, when it says, it says it right after where the Torah writes Shiva Saminim. So in all Shiva Saminim, you have to make a bracha after you eat. So from there we could learn out that they are not brought by the Mizbeach. No, sorry, this is part of, this is the limbo. Just as Shiva Saminim, you derive benefit on, of it, and you have to make a bracha. So too, anything else, you derive benefit of it, you have to make a bracha. There's something very obvious that's special about the Shiva Saminim that you can't learn from there. By Shiva Saminim, we find that there's a mitzvah of Bikurim that they have. Yeah, so we can't learn out from Shiva Saminim either. Now the question goes further. So we're discussing over here learning out the bracha that you make after you eat. And we had various options and even that we refuted. How about lofan of minayim? Making a bracha before you eat, we don't have a source for that. Because that for sure we said before, hilulim, there's only, there was only one hillel that was, that was available to learn out. And this whole discussion over here, we came to the conclusion we could only learn out from, from one hillel, which was before a bracha after. But for a bracha before, we have no source. So that the Gemara goes back and says, Holoi kashia, this is not a question, as we said before, the asi v'kavachayimah. Because that we can learn with a kavachayimah. If when a person is satisfied, you have to make a bracha, for sure you should make a bracha before you eat. Okay, but we're still stuck with our question from where do we know that you have to make a bracha after you eat on all foods besides a kerem, a lechem, zayis, or shiva saminim. How do we know everything else? Now the Gemara goes back to the other opinion. 
According to the opinion that learns out Netaravai, according to his opinion, so we said before that Hilulim is available to learn out from there, called the Barnetia, so anything that's planted, you could learn out from there, that you have to make a bracha. But the Lav Barnetia is something that's not planted, could go in Bosar, Beitzim, Dogim. Meat, eggs, fish, all these things that are not planted at all, from where do we know that you have to make a bracha? Minole. How do you know? Because even according to him, the Pasik is talking about a netta, right? Our question was before that the Pasik is talking about a kerem dafka. Even if we learn out from there that you can make a bracha after, but the Pasik is saying hilulim dafka regarding a kerem. That was the basis of our question. So the mandala that says netta, it's still only things that are growing from the ground. Who says it refers to other foods that don't grow from the ground? Hello, the Gemara concludes, after all of this, svarabu. The fact that you have to make a bracha is a svara. The, the, the fact that you have to make a bracha before you eat, that is, is a svara. What's the svara? Mm-hmm. A person forbidden for a person to have a no from this world without making a bracha. And therefore you have to thank Rashi says over here that since you had a no, this refers both to after the eating and before the eating. That when a person has a no from what he's eating in this world, Tzarech L'Hoides L'Misha Baram, he has to thank the Eibishter who has created them. So therefore the Svara is to compare that in all cases when a person eats, he has to make a bracha regardless of which food it is, the Svara is that you have to make a bracha. That's the conclusion after this whole thing. And here there's a Machlekes Rishayim about this. Most Rishayim say that when the Gemara says, Elo Svarahu, the Gemara is retracting everything it said before. Taisus over here says, the Pasuk that was brought in the beginning, he lulim. Rabbi Kiva, that said you learn it out from Yilulim, it's an asmachta. That's not their source, because we, we can refute as the Gemara here explains. This is the maskana that we learn it out from, the svara that a person should not have enough from Elam Hazar without a bracha. This is the way it's brought in the Shulchan Aruch as well. However, there is one opinion, Rabbi Nechananel, that says that the drasha remains. The drasha of the Gemara remains. Elamai, he's explaining all of these pirches that we set for the drasha. We don't accept any of these pirches. Because of this svara of Asaladam Shiyanam and Elamazabalai Bracha, but this, the, 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 the initial limo that we brought of Kaidish Ludim still remains. But that's it's a minority opinion. We don't pass on like Rabbein Hanano. So it's Menatheya? According to him, yeah. Khaira. According to the others, it's not. It's just mm-hmm. a svara. Correct. Yeah. Brachas remains Madrabana. And why make the distinction between something that's planted and not? If it's learned from a Pasik, so then we could only learn what's, what says in the Pasik. We can't learn what's not said in the Pasik. We learned in Abraisa basically the same point. You may not derive benefit and eat from this world without a bracha. If you eat from this world without a bracha, mo'al. You are being, you're using what's something that belongs to Hashem. Like the din of mi'ila, when you use something from the base of Miklash that's holy, that's not yours. What is your takana if you ate without a bracha? Go to a chacham and it'll help you. You ate without a bracha, you go to a chacham, how is he going to help you? My avidle, what is he going to do for you? Ha'avidle yisuda, you did an isa, do tshuva, you don't have to go to a chacham. El amarava, yelech yitzel chacham meikara. See to it to go to a chacham beforehand. V'yelamdena brachas, and he'll teach you the, the, the din of all the brachas. K'deshele yovile de mi'ila. So that you shouldn't come to be mild to, to use what doesn't belong to you. That's what it means. So here the Gemara is telling you, this is a very unique thing. There's so many mitzvahs that there are, and I don't know if the Gemara ever uses this expression, that Yelech Eitzel Chacham V'Yilamdenu. Comes to the union of brachas, there's a lot of complicated dinim, as we'll see. So you have to learn Hilchas brachas in advance to know which bracha to make. 
Amar Rav Yudah Mashmua, Kala Nenem Anay Lamaza Beloi Brocha, one that has a no, Vay Lamaza Batara Brocha, Ki Ilu Nenem Ekotche Shemayim. It's as if you're having a no from the Kotchim, from the what, what belongs to Hashem. Shanem Al Hashem Aretzim Loya. The world belongs to Hashem. So the Rebbe has a beautiful vart on this. Let me just, okay, let me complete one more line where the Gemara says the same point here. Rab Levi Rami. Rab Levi asked the contradiction. See, even one Pasuk it says, Lashem Aretzim Loya, that the world all belongs to the Ebishter. Oksiv, but in another pasuk it says that it's not only aretz, but it says hashamayim, shamayim lashem. It says that the heavens is what belongs to the Ebishter, but the aretz nasan live neyada. The land here below was given to us. And for the Gemara, leikashia kan kaidim bracha kan lacha bracha. Before you make the bracha, it belongs to Hashem. After you make the bracha, so then you can eat the food. So the Rebbe explained in a in a sicha Meir de Gevart. What happens when you make a bracha? Now the, now now it's not Kach Shemayim anymore. Now the land, the world belongs to you. So the Rebbe says no. What happens is when you make a bracha, so it's Kachim. The Gemara compares it to Kachim and says that you mail. You're using Kachim. Once you make a bracha and you establish that everything belongs to Hashem and you bench the Ebrusha for it, so we say every day before we begin davening regarding Kachim that Kachim Kalim could be eaten. Heim levneil and Hashem ulavdeim. They could share it with them, with their families and their servants. You make a bracha, you become a servant of Hashem, you could eat the food. If you derive benefit eating from this world without a bracha, you're stealing from the Eibishter and you're also stealing from the Eden. Rashi explains because when you eat fruits without a bracha, that will bring down the quality of the fruits. That, so you're stealing from everybody else. Shanamar, Goizel Aviv, Vimoi, Vaimer Ain Pesha, Khaber Hulish Mashkis, the person that steals from his father and his mother, and he says there's no sin here, and he's a Khaber, he's a companion Ish Mashkis to a destructive man. When it says that he steals from his father, this refers to Davishter. Shanema Lahua Vicho Kanecha, he's your father, he acquired you. The mother refers to the Eibishter. Listen to the Musar of your father and do not forsake the title of your mother. So the, the mother refers to our tradition that we have passed down in Klal Yisrael. So therefore this refers to Yidin. Then the Pasuk says that you're a companion to a destructive man. You're a companion to Yeravim ben Avot, Shehishchis es Yisrael avim shebashamayim. He did not only sinned himself, but he caused also others to sin in, the, in their connection to Hashem. Same over here with this person. When, when a person eats without a bracha, so then people learn from him and say, oh, the world is a free-for-all. You can take and derive benefit from wherever you are, and people will also come to do the same. So therefore, making brachas is extremely important for yourself, for the Eibishter, for Yidin, and to chas v'shalom not be a machti. Papa asked that you can see a contradiction in the Psukim. Ksiv, in one Pasuk it says, Devisha says, I will take my grain away from you in its times. So the Pasuk refers to the Dogon as the Goni mine, Hashem says. But in another Pasuk that we say every day in Kriyashmat, it says, You will gather your grain. So is it ours or is it the Abish's? Similar to the question we had before. But here the Gemara gives a different answer. When the Pasuk refers to it as, as their grain, is because they're fulfilling Hashem's will. So then it's granted to you to use. 
But if you're not fulfilling Hashem's will, and the Apostle where the Ebesha says, I take it away, the Ebesha will punish Yidin, that's when the Yidin are not fulfilling Hashem's will. We learned in another B'raiseh, The Pasuk says, And you will gather your grain. What is this Pasuk teaching me? If it says there that Abishah provides rain, so then it's, it's, it's obvious that it will grow and that you will gather the grain. Why does it say, You will gather it. What this Pasuk is teaching is as follows. Because it says in the Pasuk, The words of the Torah should not be removed ever from your mouth. Yochel, I would think, that this means literally that a person should learn Torah non-stop and he should not have any other occupation at all. The says, that you do go out into the field and gather the grain from the field. You should go into the ways of the world and then go and get your parnosa and go and gather the grain from the field. This is the opinion of Rabbi Shmuel. So a person has to make time to learn. But a person has to also go out and vas after the Ganecha. Rabshimimeyechi argues and says, Efsha, is it possible that Adam Chayrish, Bishas Chayrish, comes at the time of plowing, he's busy plowing in the field? And then he has to plant in the time of planting. And then Kaitse Bishas Ktsira. And then he has to go harvesting in the time of harvesting. Threshing in the time of threshing. And winnowing in the time when there's a wind. So he's constantly busy throughout the season. So Taita Mateila, when will a Yid have the time to learn Taita? Elo, rather the Pshat over here is, we have a contradiction. On one hand, the Yid is supposed to learn Taita all the time. And on the other hand, you have to be busy making a Parnassus, so what do you do? So you, what you should know is, Bizman, Shisrael, Oysen, it's Sayyid Shal If a Yid will follow and do what Eivishter wants, then Malach Tanas, Sayyid Then their work will be provided and done for them by others. Shenema, like it says, Strangers will come and pasture your sheep. But when Yidin do not fulfill Hashem's will, then then they'll be forced to fulfill and, and they go out to the field and work themselves. You will have to go and gather your grain on your own. Not only that, they'll be forced to do the work of others as well. You'll have to serve your enemies. So before I go weiter, Tesis points out that there's a clear contradiction here because a moment ago we said that Vasafta de Ganacha refers to Yisrael that the grain is given to you because you're fulfilling Hashem's will. Here Rabbi Shem Meyechi is saying the very fact that you have to go out into the field is because it's not yours. So Tesis over here says that there's obviously two different levels of and a person that's, that the Ebesh is providing him his wheat is doing the Ratzon of the Ebesh, but he's not on the level of a Tzadik Gomer. He's not on the level of a Tzadik Gomer. That's what Taisa Sovir explains. This aim is brought in many places in the Rebbe Sichis. When you get to um, the Pshatan, there's this higher level of Eisen Ritzayin Shalmakim. And the Rebbe would quote the Vart of the Maggid, I believe it is, that he says that why Take, it's based on the Marsha here, I believe also, why Take is the second parish of Shema considered to be Ein Eisen Ritzayin Shalmakim. It says right before that, that you will listen to the Ebishter and, the, and then the Ebishter will provide for you rain and so on. How could that be? So the Maggit says, but it doesn't say. The real is when a person goes out of his bounds beyond his limitations in the which is written in the first parsha. The second parsha, where it doesn't say, that's what Taisis is referring to, that he's not on a level of. 
The Gemara concludes, Omer Abaye, Harba Ostuk Rabbi Shmol, the Ostaviyadon. They followed the model of Rabbi Shmol and it, it worked for them to learn and also go out into the field. And there were those that attempted to do what Rabbi Shimon said, which is to just learn all day and others should provide for them. And they were not successful with this. And the reason why this is so, which is also something that Rabbi explains in Sikhis, is because this is the purpose of creation. The Abishter designed it this way. It's not that Chasvashalam, the Abishter demands more of the, what a person can do, but the Abishter devised it. This Yisachar and this Vulun, and they're those that they're intended to go out into the world to make a Dira B'Tachtainim. So it's all by design. Omalei Ravala Rabbanon, Rav said to the Rabbanon, Vematusam Inaychu, I ask of you, B'yoy Minisna, B'yoy Metishrei, in the days of Nisan, which is the harvesting time, and the days of Tishrei, which Rashi says is the time when you, uh, they're pressing the olives and the, uh, and the, the wine, grapes, don't, I don't want to see you. Don't come to the Bismedrish. So you won't be busy with this for the rest of the year. Get it done in those two months when it's the time of harvesting and the time of to press the olives and the grapes. And then you'll be done with it and you'll be able to come to learn Taita the rest of the year. That we can't compare earlier generations to the later generations. The earlier generations, they established the times of their learning as a, as a fixed times that were more important to them. And when they went to work, those were temporary. And because of that, they merited that they had both. They were able to learn, and they were able to also get a parnasa of the, what they were working in. However, in later generations, they referred to, to their work as something that's more fixed and more focused on. And the times that they establish for learning, they see as temporary. What ends up happening is they don't have time not to learn. They're busy working all day, and even what they get from work is not enough, and they, can't, they don't have enough from, from both of them. Come and see another thing. We can't compare earlier generations to later generations. The earlier generations, they would bring their fruits into through the main entrance of the house. That's what the Traksamayin is. In order to be Chayav HaMaiser. In order to be Chayav HaMaiser, as Rashi here brings, it's only if you come through the, the main and regular entrance into the house. If the Tfu is brought through the, main, the regular entrance. If you bring it through a, a, a temporary entrance, or the not usual entrance, whether through a window, through a roof, or through a back door, it's, it's a temporary entrance, you're not Chayav HaMaiser. But in later generations, they would try to uh, pattern themselves from the Meister. They bring the fruits into the house. Through other, other ways of, of a courtyard. And Karfifos is an enclosed courtyard. Or from the roof. In order to be potter from the Meister. And then you're only, and then, then the, there's only a Chiv of Meister. And you could eat it in the oven of Arai. So they would try to pattern themselves of Meiser. <coughs> the Tevel does not become obligated in the mitzvah of Meiser until it comes through the main entrance of the house. 
Min habayis. It says the extra words min habayis, indicating that only if you come through the main entrance of the house. Rabbi Yechanan disagrees, and he says, I feel a chotzekayvas. That even if you have the tfuah brought into your courtyard, it also establishes that you have a not only if you bring it into the house. You bring it in the sharecha, within your gates, it doesn't say bias, it says bisharecha, bisaveyo, and you're satisfied. So it says it there by the Pasuk of Maiser, Yechayev and Maiser. So there's an argument whether Yechayev and Maiser only when you bring it through the main door of the house or even in your courtyard. But this it was brought here as a side point to point out how the earlier generations were so much greater than the later generations, which connects to what we learned today in the morning in the Mayim of Basi Lagani about the Rishon and the Shvi, higher level, lower level. Okay. We go back to the Mishnah now. We learned in the Mishnah, that any other um, drinks that come from fruits are actually, as I said, it's referring really to olive oil, so the bracha would be ha'etz. But on wine that comes from the grapes, Chazal will a special bracha, which is The Gemara will now examine why will Chazal masakin a special bracha, what's so special about grapes? The Gemara will go through a couple of different options until it comes to the conclusion. So what's special about the grapes that it's different than olive oil that you make a bracha of Bayre Priyayitz? If you're going to say that it's different, that it's, it's, it's better, it's, 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 it's higher, it's, it's, the wine is much better than other, the other drinks, than, than olive oil, and therefore ishtani le And therefore it also has its own unique bracha, v'harei <coughs> So let's compare wine to olive oil. The ishtani it's also after you press the, 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 the olives, which of course are bitter, and then you get, you develop, and you get the, the oil out of it, and it's, it's, it's much now useful and much better than the olives that are bitter, but it doesn't have a different bracha than the olives themselves. You eat the olive, you make an aitz. You eat the, the olive oil, you also make a aitz. That's the din. So what's the reason for this? That wine, still you make a different bracha. If you drink olive oil, you make a bracha by the priates, and there's no unique bracha. Omri, so the answer was given. Over there, it's because there is no bracha we could establish for the olive oil. What kind of bracha should we make? Nivrach, should we make a bracha bayre pri hazayis that they should created the fruit of the zayis? Peire gufa zayis sikri. The, the peire itself is called zayis, not the, the olive oil that comes out of it. The nivrach so the Gemara says, let's make a bracha bayre pri eitz zayis that they should created the tree of zayis. So you could make a bracha, you could establish a special bracha that should be unique for the olive oil that comes out of the Zayis. And Chazal still did not do that. So you can't say that the reason for why wine has its own bracha is because the wine that comes out of the grapes are better than the grapes itself, because there would be a special bracha for the Zayis itself. So Mazutra said there must be a different reason. Chamra Zayin. Chamra satisfies the person. Wine satisfies the person. Mashcha, Mishcha, that's olive oil, loy zayin. Doesn't give, it doesn't satisfy a person at all. Frek the Gemara, or mashcha loy zayin. When a person drinks olive oil, does it not satisfy the person? Vatnan, we learned in the Mishnah, hanoidim in a mazayin, a person that makes a neder not to eat mazayin. Right, he says specifically mazayin, things that will, food that will satisfy him. Mutu b'mayim u the only thing he's permitted to eat is water or salt. <laughs> Pretty uh, strict diet. <laughs> Vahavina, and the question was asked, 
So water and salt will not satisfy a person. Everything else provides a person, satisfies a person, uh, which would include also olive oil. And the Gemara asked them that. This is again all on that Mishnah. Name it, have it, you have to the Rav Shmuel. This would, would this refute what Rav and Shmuel said? The Omri, they said, When do you make a brach of Only if you eat anything of the five grains, which means only those things really satisfy a person. So how could you say that any other foods satisfy a person besides water and salt? And the answer that was given to that is, if a person that uses the term anything that will be, bring any satisfaction to me, which is different than mozain. There's the term of mozain or mezainis, that's one level of satisfaction. And then there's zon, anything that will bring any, any satisfying through eating the food. What's the bottom line? What do we see over here? Besides water and salt, anything you eat satisfies the person to some degree. Alma mashcha even oil brings a person some satisfaction. So you can't say that wine is special in the fact that wine satisfies and not oil. Hello, so the Gemara answers, Chamra Soid, the wine, Soid, brings a person even more satisfaction. Soid, like in a meal, it brings a person even more satisfaction, more than the oil. The, the, mashche, the oil does not bring a person that level of satisfaction. When a person drinks wine, does he get satisfied from the wine? The Gemara rings from Rava. He would drink a lot of wine on Erev Pesach. Why? Because this drags and draws a person that he becomes even more hungry, that he wants, he has a greater appetite to eat. So not only does wine not satisfy a person, it actually whets your appetite to want to eat even more. And then he wanted, he'll come and eat more matzah. He'll bring, eat a lot of matzah, do, do the mitzvah in a greater level than the night of Pesach. Um, sorry, you read it like this. And he'll eat more matzah. So the Gemara says, Tuva got it. If you drink a lot of wine, so then you, you, you don't become satisfied, then that draws you to want to eat more. Porta, if you drink a little bit of wine, saw it. Drink one, one glass of wine, that will satisfy you. Does wine give a person any satisfaction? Wine makes a person's heart glad and happy. But it's bread that satisfies a person. Right, so what do we see over here? Bread makes a person satisfied. Wine does not make a person satisfied. So how can we say that wine, if you drink one glass of wine, it'll satisfy the person? Ella the Gemara says, Chamra is betarte. We could touch this pasuk we just quoted differently. Wine actually has two advantages. Soed umesameyach. It satisfies the person to some extent, and it also brings joy. Name, when you eat bread, misad soed, it satisfies the person. Smuchila misameyach. Bread is not a source of joy. So how are you supposed to read the pasuk before? When you eat, when you drink wine, you have joy and some satisfaction. When you eat bread, it's only satisfying and not joy. So that's the mila of the, of the wine. That wine has to have a special bracha, and this is the conclusion of the Gemara. Wine has a special bracha because it satisfies and brings simcha. If so, 
let us be obligated to make this, the three brachas when benching after you drink wine. Although wine brings a person satisfaction and brings a person joy, a person does not establish a meal though, to eat a full meal just on wine. So therefore, that's not v'achalta v'savato v'erachta, and you don't have to bench the three brachas afterwards. This is the, this is the halacha, this is the final conclusion that's brought in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch after the whole discussion. What's unique about wine is that it's soed and mesameach. What happens if a person is sitting down to a meal and his whole meal consists just of drinking wine and that's what he gets satisfaction from? When Eliyahu and Navi will come, he'll be able to tell us, could you be Kaveya Suda just on wine? But Hashemir, for the time being, until Eliyahu and Navi comes, Batla Daita, it's a Kaladam. One individual that establishes a suda on wine, that we don't take that into account, and we look at the majority of people that do not establish a suda on wine, and therefore you don't make a special bracha, uh, that is the three brachas of benching after you eat wine. Could you translate son as sustaining and so it is satisfying? Perhaps, okay. Perhaps. Oh. Ah, that's what it says in English? Yeah. Okay. Satiated. Yeah. Satiated or sustained? Yeah. It satisfies the hunger. It sort of feeds the body.